But Siete Dishmaya, let's continue on our path and knowing God's plan. That's brought down by Rabbi Moshe Chaim Luzato. And so the Ramhal. So now, let's continue. We're going to go into a summary of chapter 2, which we completed. And then we're going to tap into chapter 3 of this lesson. So in the chapter 1, I mean chapter 2 in the summary... First, we learn the revelation of God's oneness is the central element of the entire creation. So we needed to understand where man gets the ability to perfect the world. And this will involve learning many important concepts and requires much patience. And first of all, we need to know that God only reveals a very small part of his infinite perfection to us. The only element of this perfection we can grasp with total clarity is his absolute oneness. In fact, every other aspect of his perfection will always be totally beyond our understanding. And if we look closely at all the events of human history, we will see that their central purpose is to enable us to experience God's oneness with absolute clarity. And furthermore, we're obliged to make the knowledge of God's oneness penetrate our inner being. Many verses from the Torah attest to the fact that the revelation of God's oneness is the central focus and culmination of the entire historical process. The second is that the definition of God's oneness is we, we, we now need to define exactly what God's oneness is. It's not enough to say that there's only one God and that he is the only being that must always exist. We must also understand that there is absolutely no power in the world except his. Nothing can oppose him or go against his will. And this understanding totally refutes all the false belief systems that exist in the world. And these can be divided into five principal categories. Number one, the idol worshippers who believe God created the world but abandon it to lower powers that control what happens. Number two, the idol worshippers who believe that there are two opposing powers one of good and one of evil. Number three, those who believe that the world is controlled by impersonal natural laws with no differentiation between what happens to one person and what happens to another. Number four, those who believe that God has abandoned the Jewish people because of their sins and exchanged them for another nation. And number five, those who believe that they can rebel against God and use the forces he created against his will. And the events of history will prove that God's power is absolute and that he oversees everything that happens in the world. And furthermore, he will redeem the Jewish people whether they are worthy or not. The whole world and all its laws are based on this central principle of the revelation of God's oneness. And then number three, we learned out the process of the revelation of God's oneness requires the temporary existence of evil. We needed to explain all the evil and deficiency that we see in the world since it seems to contradict God's infinite perfection. The process through which God's oneness is revealed will help us understand this correctly. So in order to define God's oneness, it's necessary to show that there's absolutely nothing that can go against His will. And there is no power in the world except His. And this involves the creation of evil and the realization that it has no power of its own and no independent existence whatsoever. So in order to reveal any of his other perfect attributes, there's absolutely no need to create evil or deficiency as they are defined only in positive terms. And all we will ever understand about God's other attributes is from the point of view of his oneness. And they are all therefore subcategories of his oneness. And based on what we've said, we can understand the uniqueness of the process of the revelation of God's oneness. 
Only with this process requires the existence of evil and its negation, which is what creates the appropriate arena for our task of serving God and earning our reward. We must also realize that when we categorize God's actions in the way that we've been doing, it's not merely an artificial classification according to our limited thought processes. God purposefully limited the way he created the world and made it in a series of gradual steps so that we could classify and thereby understand something about his actions. And the fourth is that we, the ultimate revelation of God's oneness requires that evil be destroyed. So in order for God's oneness to be fully revealed, all evil will eventually be destroyed and the world will reach a state of perfection. The existence of evil is caused by the concealment of God's presence. And when the time comes for evil to be destroyed, God will remove his concealment and reveal his presence. There are two ways this can come about. The first that man can bring this about through his own actions by serving God and fulfilling his mitzvot. And the second, if man does not do this, then God will reveal his presence after having brought punishment and suffering upon the world. And so since evil will inevitably be destroyed, the period of man's free choice will also come to an end. And God has decreed that this period shall last not more than 6,000 years. Already during the messianic era, man's evil inclination will be removed and man will desire only to serve God. And before that, God allows the world to be engulfed in darkness and suffering. And this does not mean that he has abandoned the world. In fact, from amidst the darkness, salvation will spring forth. The greater the darkness, the greater the eventual revelation of God's oneness will be. And then the fifth, the revelation of God's oneness can come about in two different ways. So man can bring about the revelation of God's oneness through the merit of his own deeds. So he just has to distance himself completely from evil and draw close to God. And this involves recognizing that anything that contradicts God's will is false. Having done this, his task would be complete and God would then reveal his absolute oneness and sovereignty. Adam, Arishon himself, had the opportunity to bring about this revelation by rejecting the evil that tempted him to eat from the tree of knowledge and choosing instead to obey God's command. Adam, Adam Arishon was extremely wise and he knew in his mind that evil was created to reveal God's oneness and to test man. He Had he just been able to stand firm in his faith for the short time required of him, God would have immediately brought the world to a state of perfection. However, his desire seduced him into disobeying God and denying his oneness. So now man would have to experience the full force of evil during the 6,000 years of history. When God finally will destroy evil at the time of redemption, man will see with his own eyes that evil has no power of its own and is just a means to reveal God's glory. Then he will experience the absolute reality of God's oneness and perfection. The generations after Adam also had the possibility of rejecting evil, but instead they pursued falsehood. And God therefore allows evil to keep growing stronger until the time comes for it to be destroyed. And as a result, man's ideas have become distorted and ignorance holds sway. However, the redemption comes. When the redemption comes, true knowledge will return and all of mankind will desire to draw close to God. And the sixth, the revelation of God's oneness. 
artistic conclusions here is that God chose to reveal his absolute oneness and he built the world and all its laws on this foundation. He concealed his presence in order to create imperfection and evil. And this gave rise to man's task of perfecting the world and earning his reward. And since evil will eventually be destroyed in order to reveal God's oneness, this means that the world will become perfected and man's free choice will come to an end. And after that, man will be rewarded for all eternity for what he had achieved during the time of free choice. So if the world were based solely on reward and punishment, it would never be perfected. Good and evil would coexist forever since we see that God has promised that the world will be redeemed and evil will be destroyed. And this proves that the revelation of his oneness is the fundamental principle. So now this was a wrap up of the second the second chapter. And so now let's go into the third chapter which is the phase. We're going to talk now about the phase of, con of the concealment of God's oneness. And here the Ramham brings down, we're going to go back into the, 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 the conversation between the rabbi and the student. And here in chapter 3, this is the introduction to the chapter, where the rabbi says, Until now we have spoken in general terms. Now we need to go into more detail. So, so far we have established one central principle that the entire creation and its laws are centered on the revelation of God's oneness. We have seen that this is divided into two stages. In the first stage, God's oneness is hidden as a part of a process leading to its eventual revelation. In the second stage, his oneness has already been revealed. And we have also seen that the first stage provides the arena for man's task of serving God while the second stage provides him with his reward. So now we need to examine each of these two stages in as much detail as we can. We will examine the details of the concealment of God's oneness and the details of the revelation of his oneness separately. We will also need to understand how these two stages link together. Since one stage leads to the other, there needs to be something that connects them, something that serves as the bridge between the two different time periods and here's a note that it's possible that the Ramhal is referring to the seventh millennium the thousand years of Shabbat that will act as a bridge between the six thousand years of world history and the true world of reward the world to come which begins at the beginning of the eighth millennium however Harav Chaim Freelander explains as follows that during the phase of man's task of earning his reward, God's oneness is essentially hidden. Nevertheless, on a deeper level, he's guiding the dark events of the world to the point where his absolute oneness will be revealed through the historical process itself. So what creates a bridge between the phase of concealment and the phase of revelation is the fact that even in the phase of concealment, everything is being secretly directed toward revelation. And so now let's continue. The rabbi says, let us begin our investigation in the correct order. First of all, we will need to gain a detailed understanding of the concealment of God's oneness, since this is the first stage. We will also need to know how God directs the world in this phase. That will involve clarifying every aspect of man's task of serving God and all of its consequences, as well as understanding how man has prepared for this task. It will also involve clarifying various other aspects necessary for our general understanding of this subject. Baruch Adonai Leolam, Amen ve Amen.